0: retailer saying she believes that small local businesses are being pushed out of Limerick City. Jackie Franklin of uh, Franklin's Shoe Repairs on O'Connell Street in the city has spoken of her frustration with the ongoing works on the main thoroughfare. She says some of her customers are now choosing Ennis in County Clare over Limerick. And she's been talking to Live95's Nigel Dugdale about it.
1: I suppose the traffic would be the main thing. Um, People are off of being put off by coming into the city center you can see so many businesses the end of this year we won't have a retail city people are coming in where they're going to park we're in a street the heart of limerick city where are they going to go they're going go to go the crescent they're going go to go ennis we had one customer for her shoe repairs it was easier for her to go to ennis look at the state of the streets they're not. They're in an office and they have this old idea about a European city. We're Limerick. We need people in here. People want to come into our city, bring them back in. Simple as. You've been trading in this city for many years. And I mean, has this been a stressful period for you? Junior has been in business for nearly 40 years in the shoe repair industry. It's synonymous. Franklin's is synonymous with shoe repairs. They come far and wide, right, for his service. I just think between COVID, we were blessed with the government that we had, by the way. They really kept us and our doors open in between and after. I have to say that. Um, so we were lucky. There were so many businesses and companies who went off the cliff. At the end of the day, yes, their shoes have changed. Their attire has changed. Shoe repairs will never go out of business. It was the first recycling bloody business to come in. Do you know, we have people coming in and saying, yeah, it doesn't matter what you pay, penny shoes or a Loke shoe or whatever. They want their shoe repairs, but they can't come in. Shoe repairs will never die. But we need to get the people, make it easier for them to come in. I have to go out to the footpath now, to the car, take the shoes off of them, Bring them in the shop, bring them credit card details and then go back out when they're swinging by again to give them the shoes. That's the service that we've had to, to think up to try and keep them coming in. What about the maintenance of the city and, you know, keeping this clean now that it's being created and now that it's been delivered? This is something that's concerning you. You have a look around at the footpaths. Um, and you have a look in the evening time when people... There's no bin to my right. There's a bin to my left. There's no bin to my right. There's a junction here. It hasn't got any indication of pedestrianisation. So people are waiting for cars to stop, right? Look at the footpath. It's a disgrace. Do you know, get them out at 6 o'clock in the morning to clean the streets. You've got families wanting to come in here the weekend. Around the corner is a fabulous Catherine Street and Thomas Street. It's a buzz. But people are bringing their families in, their parents in for coffee, and they're looking at this.
0: What would you think, going forward, are the solutions to, imp- to help your business to make sure that this street is a success for you?
1: I think you can never really sort the, the, the parking and the, the, the traffic problem per se. But you can make it so that even in the first couple of hours in the morning time, let there be a couple of places for any business to park and they can bring their stuff in and they can shoot off we've got two lanes here one is in operation the other one has work fans albeit by 3 o'clock this afternoon you'll have every Tom, Dick and Harry going into Chicken house or wherever they're going and the traffic then doesn't know is it stopped? you've got a tail going back then to buy Debenhams Do you know it's no easy fix but I think if they come and talk to retailers they need to get we're paying our rates we, you know if we close a Mahoney's, do you know, foodies, they'll stay open. But the small family business, look at the butchers, the bakers, do you know, all the small family independent businesses, they've all been slowly pushed out. They need to come down and talk to shops and businesses and ask us and try and meet in the middle. We're not asking for a miracle here, but we're asking them to give us their ear. Simple as...
0: So that's Jackie Franklin of Franklin's Shoe Repairs on O'Connell Street talking to Live 95's Nigel Dugdale. You can check out on Live 95's Facebook page and live95.ie, the video there of that interview as well. Um, and uh, obviously this is something we have talked about, understandably, because it's been very much in people's minds a lot over the past year. And here's some of what you have been saying to us.
1: It's just a bit loud and annoying. It's kind of.
0: It's like a lot of traffic and stuff. Like, it's just a bit of a dose. Isn't it? When you're coming around the corners, it's kind of dangerous, and they're doing both sides at different times. I thought it was finished, it's taken so long, but yeah, now they're doing the other side of it. The roads are a lot nicer now, to be fair, and it's all level, so I don't think it'll be worth it, but it's taking its time.
1: Come across a lot of uh, problems. It was a slow, slow process. Limerick, the third largest city of the Republic.
2: Yeah, well, I was talking to a number of traders, and they're. They're the same way as I am, just totally annoyed with the situation, totally begins to struggle with how long it's going on. I talked to one landlord yesterday who's a few properties in town, and he's worried his commercial tenants aren't going to be there in another few months if this doesn't improve. But the, the dust into the shop, everything like that is hard. And if you knew it was first, so for example, they were starting outside Mino on Street in early January and were meant to be finished on the 22nd of March. You knew you had whatever, 10 weeks of hardship and you're willing to put up with the 10 weeks but whereas now it's moving on to about 18, 19 weeks of hardship and I can't see the end in sight that's a problem.
1: And a multi-million euro job going on to the main artery called O'Connell Street and the traffic been held up for I don't know, over a year. And a big meeting called during the week to find out a finishing date and to put a bit of urgency on it because traders are complaining. And lo and behold I drive through O'Connell Street today ...from the Hunt Museum, which takes me about a half an hour... ...and the building site is closed. So the outcome of the meeting... ...to hurry it up and get a closing date is... ...they do a Monday to Friday. If there's any other city in the Western Europe... ...in the Western world... ...they'd be working 24-7... ...they'd have got a finishing date... ...and every day after the finishing date... ...the contractor would be fined. But no, not in Limerick. We are fantastic... <laughs> do you think it'll happen
2: in dublin it's nice to see a little bit of life be put back into the city with like some development coming in with the opera center but it's just a little fearful kind of a thought that it could kind of bottleneck the city maybe so it could make it more difficult for people to even get into the city center and they might even just kind of like bypassing it all together i feel like it's been going on for months and months and i have obviously seen some progress with one half of it done but even at that it seems to be kind of going merely at a pace. Listeners' voices
0: over the months about O'Connell Street. So, Councillor Conor Sheehan of the Labour Party is back in the studio with me. You might remember he was here with Councillor Sarah Kiley a few weeks ago. And at that point, um, Councillor Kiley told us that two things. First of all, uh, you had been told as councillors that this would be finished by the end of May. Today is the 1st of June. And secondly, that you would be receiving a private
2: briefing. What's happening? What's happening? Well, the first thing I'd say, Joe, is to, um, first of all, acknowledge what Jackie said and what she said in her closing remarks there about us giving her, um, and the traders our ear. And let me tell, um, her and all the traders there that certainly you have my ear here th- this morning and you have throughout this, this process. And we must, at where at all possible, Protect our ratepayers; they are key to the future success of the city. But I suppose to use a phrase in in, in French to describe the situation: "Plus ça change, plus c'est le même chose," which means essentially that you know the more the things market. change, the more they stay the same. Yeah. And look, it's 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 unfortunate to be back here again in early June when we had been told that the completion date for the project would be we were told in no uncertain terms that it would be finished by the end of May. Now we're told it's going to be the middle of June. Um, Obviously. But but the middle of June, but it then
0: says in the statement we received from the council um, on the back of a request from Live 95 News that after that, there would be snagging works. Now, I suppose in my naivety, I actually thought
2: that what was happening at the moment was the snagging bit. I think, in essence, what that means, Joe, is that in the middle of June, the site would be handed over to the council. And it's really important that we highlight that that because once the site has been handed over to the council, it stops becoming O'Connell Street, the building site, and it reverts to being O'Connell Street, the street. And what that means is once the council take back control of the street, they can then implement the maintenance plan for the street there was 100,000 allocated in the budget last year and as far as I understand it the street needs to be power hosed heat cleaned, sealed heat cleaned again and power hosed again and one of the big issues that are there that's there at the moment is that if you walk into our city centre let's face it the surface is appalling like last weekend the flower beds were full of rubbish there was rubbish everywhere there was coke spilled, fast food everything. But once the council take back control of the street, that means as well that us as councillors, we can hold the council to account. We can hold Brian Kennedy and his team to account and and say to him, if there are issues after that date, that's where our control comes back into the process. I, I
0: suppose one of the concerns is, and you know this as well as I do, Limerick City generally over the June bank holiday weekend clears out of Limerick people. Right? Largely, that's true. It's one of the reasons we don't necessarily have major festivals in June, because they head off to their Kilkees and their Ballybonians, wherever else they might be going. But what can happen is that people come in from outside into Limerick as part of their day trips, or whatever they might be
2: doing. and And it's a shame, isn't it, that you know, with this particular deadline has been missed another bank holiday. It is a shame, and it's not acceptable either. And I would, I would, and this is one of the reasons, first of all, why I've been calling for once this project has concluded, for a whole scale evaluation. Because we need to look at it step by step in terms of the relationship between the contractor and the council, that's one. But also from the communications point of view, because it's very obvious now as we're near the end of this, God knows how many months after the original deadline, that the original deadlines were far too ambitious and they should never have been given, because a lot of the, when you're managing a complex project like this, an awful lot of what you do is you manage the different stakeholders, whether it be the general public, whether it be the counselors, whether it be the retailers, and they need to be able to trust you. And in order for them to be able to trust you, they need to know that the project will finish within a defined period of time. And it's very obvious now, having gone through the process, that the original deadline was nowhere near achievable. And Uh, that needs to be built uh, in going
0: forward. Okay, because there's there's another section to be done here, as we know, beyond the international rugby experience up to the crescent. So you are saying that the timelines given around that need to be
2: far more accurate. Oh, a 100%. Because... Because what people, in order to build a good relationship with everybody in relation to any project, the general public, the retailers, you need to have trust. And in order to have trust, people need to believe you when you say something will be completed on a certain date. And it's as obvious to anybody that the original deadlines for a number of of different reasons were not achievable. So, for example, the announcement around the 25th
0: of November, we remember that, where it was... Um, presented as a finishing date but even within that statement there was a reference to if it isn't finished by then there will be a period of closure because of traders and Christmas and all of that and it will resume again in early January you are saying now that 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 was one example
2: of what an error that 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 w- was one example of the council particularly in terms of communications being being far too ambitious because the fact of the matter is it was originally supposed to be finished in the autumn then we moved to November, then we moved to after Christmas, then we were told in to no uncertain terms St. Patrick's Day, then we were told the end of May, then we were told the end of June. Now the fact to no, the... Th- middle of June we were told. We, we were told the middle of June, pardon me but the fact of the matter is this has clearly been a two year project. I mean it, it's basically open heart surgery in the middle of the third largest city in the country so even in terms of like a contractor... You know, it's very, very hard to get a contractor to even take on that job of work. Right.
0: We're talking to Labour Councillor Connor Sheehan. So, this private briefing, is the council going to get this private
2: me- briefing? We've been told that the private briefing is going to take place. As of yet, we don't have a date or a time for it. But in, in fairness to the council, I have to say... When they generally, when they commit to give us a briefing, they will organise and, and it just, for just
0: us. And just explain to listeners,
2: because they might go, well, this is of such public interest. Why a private briefing? Well, the reason we need a private briefing, Joe, is because this involves a contractor And when you have a contractor, it involves contract law. And there are certain things that we cannot say in public because, to be honest with you, we'd have a senior counsel, a barrister down on top of us. But does it mean, however, that you can emerge from that
0: meeting and inform Listeners about most of it, if
2: not all of what's said behind closed doors. That is certainly the that that is certainly the intention, and, and we would be able to do that because we need to have the meeting in private in order to have a very frank and honest discussion with the council, and and to be able to get all the answers to to the questions that that we have. But like, I'll give you an example as to why this project of this nature takes so long and would have been delayed so long, like like, I draw a similar analogy with the housing approval Jim, process. Know, I'm actually going to stop you for one moment. I do need to take a
0: short break and I'll come straight back to you. We are talking to Labour Councillor Conor Sheehan. Um, Anthony's been in touch to say Hi Joseph, I know your intentions are good and you're trying to gee up the citizens for the weekend but will you stop calling it a bank holiday weekend? It's a public holiday weekend. You know the bank's history. Um, and uh, Anthony says, enjoy the public holiday Joe. Right Anthony? I stand corrected. I'm still going to call it a bank holiday. It's like people do, you know. People do. All right. Now, very quickly back. So you're going to get a briefing. Next week, you believe. After that, you will hopefully have some key questions answered and you can come back to us. But I know another discussion is around active travel. Yes, and hot topic at the moment. Exactly, and, and there's something happening. Is it in Scalida and Corby this evening?
2: Yeah, so this evening, Joe, there is an information evening. Right, the council have been working through the safe school, safe routes to school. Initiative um, to bring forward the Corbley Road Active Travel Scheme. This is something I've been very involved with myself um, and it's something I feel very strongly about because basically we know we have traffic problems in Corbley. We know, first of all, that the Northern Distribute Road is very likely not going ahead. So the way to deal with that traffic problem is to actually take a lot of the kids who are being driven to Scullyda and St. Munchen's, get them out of cars, get them onto bikes and to get them walking. So the council have come forward with a comprehensive s- set of plans. This is going to a part eight planning application, which means councillors will have a vote on it eventually and people will be able to make their submissions through the council website. But I would really encourage anyone, everyone at all in the Corby area to come along to Scullyda this evening. Look, I know the weather, the weather is absolutely glorious. I know myself, I'd probably rather be sitting out the back with a cold one, but the (laughs) fact of the matter is this is really important. It represents a significant investment into the area. It's really important we get everyone's views on the draft plans, even before they go to planning. The engineers will be on site. They'll be able to explain to um, all the residents in the area about what is being Proposed. There's some great stuff in the proposed plans around dealing with the illegal pavement parking around by Scolida about, you know, utilizing the back gate of Muncheons. The plans are absolutely fantastic. And I, and I really, really would, would tip my hat to the council. So I would urge everyone, it's in the Holland Scolida this evening between, between half six and nine. Come along and, um, get your say. Okay, well, listen, thank you very much for talking to us about
0: all of that. That's Labour Councillor Conor Sheehan. Your views, your news, your Limerick today with Joe Netsh on Live 95.